Hi, friends. You are listening to the EntreEd Talk podcast, where we feature amazing educators and entrepreneurs showcasing how you can bring entrepreneurship into the classroom. We believe entrepreneurship is for everyone. I am your host, Toy Hirschman, and I am so glad you chose to join me on this journey. Let's go. Hello, friends, and uh, welcome. Welcome to this broadcast for National Entrepreneurship Week. We have a very special show for you today. I'm so excited with this amazing group of people that are here with us. I, again, am Dr. Toy Hirschman, VP of Programming for EntreEd, and I'm also here with my pal and CEO of EntreEd, Dr. Jean Colson. And today we have the distinct pleasure of interviewing Dr. Amanda Jones of Barton Academy in Mobile, Alabama, and Dr. Tony Donan of the STEM School in Chat STEM School Chattanooga in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We also are very excited to have three wonderful educators with Amanda today from Barton, and they are Mary Alice Poulier, Christian Winter, and Dr. Megan McCall. And I'll let all of you introduce yourselves. I'm so excited to hear about what you do and, and everything you're bringing to K through 12 entrepreneurship. That's what we're talking about today. So to get started, I will let Jean tell you a little bit about our organization, EntreEd, the National Consortium for Entrepreneurship Education, and then we will dive right in and speak with these amazing school leaders and teachers. Jean? Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm going to go really quick because I'm so thrilled with our panelists today. I want to give them as much time as possible. EntreEd is a 40-plus-year-old organization. Um, eight years ago, we decided to reinforce our mission and focus on entrepreneurship K to 12. We have done lots of projects now that drive our, our motto, which is entrepreneurship education K to 12, every student, every year. We honestly believe that every student in a school building needs to learn about entrepreneurship and it's not just a business ed class um, or an after-school program. Um, as Amber said, in 2006, EntreEd and the Kauffman Foundation went to Congress and had National Entrepreneurship Week officially sanctioned. But about five years ago, uh, Joe and Amber grabbed hold of the reins and um, began to rebuild it and have, has gotten it to the level that it is today. And I just want to make sure that the CEO of EntreEd thanks those two individuals for, for working on uh, bringing National Entrepreneurship Week to where it is. Uh, we have such a great spectrum here. So how about we start with, with Amanda and tell us about Barton Academy for Advanced World Studies and all of the cool things that you guys are doing there. And then we'll jump to secondary ed with Dr. Tony Donan. So I think that'll be a great, a great spectrum for us to talk today. today. Well, thank you so much for having us today. Um, I am Amanda Jones, uh, the principal at Barton Academy for Advanced World Studies. And I have several um, of my staff members here who I'm going to allow them to kind of introduce themselves and really give you a picture of what they're doing within their, within their classrooms to kind of give an example. Um, so just to give a quick history lesson first, Barton Academy, we actually just reopened as a school in August. And so one thing that I want everyone to realize is that, you know, incorporating entrepreneurship isn't something that, you know, it's something that we can do and we can 
grow and build on even in our very first year. And so I don't want anyone to be overwhelmed by the thought of how do we do this. Um, but Barton Academy was Alabama's first public school. And it was originally built in 1835 and finished in 1836. And it operated as a school until 1965. And um, it was our central office for a period of time. And then it, it closed down in 2007. And there was a great um, effort to restore and a foundation that helped restore Barton Academy and raise the funds to help renovate. And so we did just reopen. So it almost feels like a... Um, you know, it's very entrepreneurial in that we are reopening and reestablishing everything from scratch. Um, so I just wanted to give that quick that quick history lesson. But we are in Mobile, Alabama. Um, and so let me let my staff give you um, a, a little introduction of themselves. And as far as, you know, integrating entrepreneurship, like I said, we have just restarted and reopened here. And so we're establishing a lot of things. Um, and one of our, an emphasis that we have is on project-based learning. And so within our third quarter project-based learning units, uh, we are working on diving into integrating some entrepreneurial skills within that. And so that's kind of how we are, that's, that's our take on how we begin to build into entrepreneurship and exposing all of our students. And we are a school for sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. And um, so we're, we're kind of at that middle level. And the school that I was formerly principal was an elementary school. And we saw great success in a similar kind of model. And they're continuing that um, at Mary B. Austin here in Mobile also. And so now we're building you know, from that K-5 to now what can we do with these sixth through ninth graders to continue to build on that as well. So that's just a quick overview, but let me throw it over to Ms. Poulier, our media specialist, and she can introduce herself and give a little more info. Sure, so I'm Mary Alice Poulier, and I also had the pleasure of working at Mary B. Austin before coming here to Barton. So I do have kindergarten through fifth grade experience with entrepreneurship and education and entrepreneurial thinking. And now I'm the media specialist here at Barton, and I have um, a great opportunity to collaborate with teachers as they are brainstorming the different project-based learning essential questions and topics. And so I'm able to kind of think broadly about how to incorporate many different um, content areas and resources into the PBL and making sure that entrepreneurial thinking is a part of it has been a joy to me, um, especially for the third quarter PBL, but because we always try to make sure that it matches up with our entrepreneurial week, but also just in general, because entrepreneurial thinking is innovative, it's thinking outside of the box, and that's kind of part of our identity here at Barton. And then in addition to that, I do um, house an entrepreneur shop. So the students that are interested in marketing and creating goods and selling them to their peers are able to do that in a space in our library that um, I open up daily from 10.30 to 11.15 and students are able to come and spend real money and earn real money on goods that they create. So. Okay, so I'm Christian Windsor and I teach sixth grade science here. Um, I also had the pleasure of working at Mary B. Austin and um, learning all about entrepreneurship uh, there with Dr. Jones and um, 
So I've, you know, had more experience in the elementary setting as far as that goes, but, um, which was a challenge, but we learned a lot um, about how to make young minds, you know, think outside of the box and um, think about, you know, ways to solve problems. And um, so it's been really fun to, you know, try to change the way I think into thinking a little bit higher with these sixth graders. And so our PBL this quarter is that the students were, um, were working on coming up with a, a solution to a problem um, if they were to explore Mars, what um, what is a problem that they could investigate and find a solution for, and they're going to create a prototype for that um, using Tinkercad and um, going through the design process, which um, has been really fun. So we're all kind of working together as a team and figuring out ways to, you know, incorporate it into the math classroom and the ELA classroom as well as science. So um, you know, they've done a lot of research on what problems are out there and, you know, involving space and some solutions they've come up with, you know, um, you know, based whether it was a lack of gravity or isolation. So we're seeing lots of different ideas from, you know, metal shoes that have magnets on them to, um, you know, um, gummy bears that might have a, you know, something inside of them that might help with headaches uh, mm -hmm. for the, you know, um, isolation and things like that. So um, they've really had, had some really great ideas and I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing how they finish this up and go through the whole design process and then um, they're going to present it and, and, you know, really work hard to show their product when they're finished. So it's been a great, great experience so far. So. Yeah. And I'm Megan McCall and this is my first um, time working with entrepreneurial skills and I absolutely love it. I've been teaching science for 20 years um, and have done a lot of work with STEAM and STEM and um, helping students learn how to problem solve. And I'm actually coming from the other end of the spectrum. I've uh, predominantly been a high school educator. And so teaching the sixth and seventh graders has been um, stretching and a learning event for me as well. But that's what I'm a lifelong learner. And I've really been excited um, by Dr. Jones to be able to incorporate this learning. And with the sixth grade this morning, we actually kicked off the week for the sixth graders by having a guest speaker um, from NASA. And she helped create the rack system in the International Space Station that is used by all the scientists um, of all the nations that are on the International Space Station. And so she helped organize the team that came up with that system so they can just put the experiments onto the International Space Station and remove them. So that was our kickoff this morning to the week. And so it was a really fun thing. Um, and I'll share some of our other science and um, other seventh and ninth grade science work that we've done with our PBLs. We had a great uh, second quarter PBL that we've really collaborated. It's shown me how much we can really um, go across the curriculum and really get all the teachers to work together. I think that's been one of the most phenomenal things. So it's been exciting to me. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, Tony, would you mind introducing yourself and tell us all about STEM School Chattanooga? All right. Well, hello, hello. I, I don't know if I can do as great a job as, as those four ladies just did. It sounds like an amazing school over there. Um, so uh, STEM School Chattanooga, we began in 2012, uh, what we'll call a platform school here in our 
state of Tennessee platform school is not only about bringing practices in, but what can you do to push practices out? So our focus was innovation. And uh, so we, what can we do to redesign a high school experience? Um, you can see in the little picture behind me, uh, some, that's a picture of something new that we just added to our school called the global center for digital innovation. Um, so uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. It'll probably come up. It's a, it's a center that connects uh entrepreneurship with digital fabrication and manufacturing sort of encompassing all the ways that kids can connect um, into the entrepreneurship, starting a business world. Uh, but our school just basically, we started by saying what's important. Uh, we went to higher ed, we went to business industry and we asked, and uh, we sort of had a similar experience to what Tony Wagner had at Harvard university, which was when you ask folks what they want from graduates, um, they don't talk about content. They talk about process. So what ended up elevating for us is process skills for us, critical thinking, innovation, and collaboration. Those are our base tenets of our school. And so every decision and everything we do around the school is how do we structure school to make that the number one focus? It's not that we put content last. The content became a 1A uh, per se. So one how could we elevate process thinking? And then 1A, how do we elevate then um, and, and teach content? Whereas most schools that you'll find in the country, um, they focus on how do I structure everything around content learning? So what ended up happening was as you build a school around process thinking, it really transforms the way you look and feel about school and education and things from school rules. Well, if your process thinking is important, uh, the rules at our school are actually made and created by students um, in terms of how do kids schedule themselves, uh, all sorts of how do we how do we run projects? What are what are practices, instructional practices that put kids at the forefront of doing critical thinking, innovate and collaborate? Right. So it really flips the paradigm of even what school looks like, what a classroom looks like. And ultimately what that brought us to was entrepreneurship as a capstone experience that we work four years in building towards uh, where kids show up with us in ninth grade and and they don't even know that math and science and English have a connection. They think they're a mutually exclusive events, mutually exclusive classes that happen. So bringing that together through project-based learning and then uh, getting business and industry involved with pitching pro uh, problems to us um, to eventually we have choice problems that are around grand challenges and STEM to eventually by the time um, they hit their junior year, senior year, they begin going, stop telling us uh, the problems we want to solve. We want to become a problem identifiers ourselves. And they begin doing that. And uh, we work into the Stanford D school uh, design thinking. And by the time they're seniors, uh, they, they uh, compete all our seniors, every single kid in school. Um, competes in uh, something called Inventanuga, which is our capstone pitch competition that kids do um, uh, in their senior year, which is a combination of or culmination of all this work um, around a STEM topic that is passionate, um, they're passionate about and creating a business entrepreneurship uh, enterprise around that uh, topic. So, yeah, that, that's my quick. That's, that's the best I can do. That's as quick as I can go. We want, we need our kids to go to you. It's hard listening to all these amazing stories of great schools like both of yours, because it's, it makes me go like, why don't I have more of that where I live? <laughs> to, have that, to have that culture of entrepreneurship and, and, and the, and you guys mentioned Barton Academy mentioned too this, this teamwork idea where, you know, it's not just, and Tony too, it's not just a, 
one-off class, which Jean and I talk about all the time. It's, it's, a, it's a school culture of entrepreneurship. I wonder if, it, if you have anything that you could add about how you've established that culture at your schools. That, uh, that idea of elevating process thinking, right? The idea of saying that critical thinking, innovation, collaboration, those, those what somebody might term as soft skills, that those are the, the skills that people are looking for. Um, right? The content's always changing. The businesses, industry, even higher ed, they're not necessarily looking for uh, people that are content regurgitators. They're looking for people that can learn, unlearn, relearn new material. Um, coding languages change all the time, right? So um, this idea of being this, this forward thinker, right, and learning, uh, I've got more information than I can ever learn on this device, but how do I access, um, you know, my phone to be able to learn new information? Um, so that process brings you to this uh, this point of when you begin doing that of hold on a second it's not just about solving problems that other people are telling me but what can i identify of problems and then how can i create solutions that don't yet exist right how do i make things better so i think that mindset starts with those process skills those thinking um those thinking skills that we may not necessarily uh deem at school as the most important things because they're not easily tested. Um, but those are the most important things. And when you get a mindset and you begin building school around that, uh, I think entrepreneurship and this idea of creation building um, that just, I believe uh, is a natural progression of what happens. And I'd love to jump in. I think um, especially throughout my career, I'm um, an experienced, we'll say, with my 20 years, you know, teaching, um, but seeing students that are really uncomfortable, especially in the secondary level, with being able to problem solve and looking at things a different way because they've only been taught one way, um, which was typically, unfortunately, traditionally multiple choice. They had, you know, 25% chance of getting a test question right to whether they have to explain things and they have to struggle with things and that struggle is uncomfortable. And I think that entrepreneur ed really gives them those tools. And now we're starting at an early age and I love seeing the progression because I call them brave Barton explorers. They're brave to, to step outside. They're brave to submit an answer that may not be correct. And because you know they're still learning and I say, if they knew all the answers, we wouldn't be coming to school. They would not need us, but, you know, I'm still learning. And so we all talk about those things that I really highlight the kids that are um, brave enough to, to blurt out an answer, whether it's right or wrong, um, because we are just throwing and learning those answers as we move forward. So it's been really helpful to um, build their self-confidence um, in that struggle because they realize that it's not just an A to a B process. It's it's the journey along the way. And I think Dr. Jones has given us such great tools. Um, you know, like I mentioned, this was my first year learning about entrepreneur ed and, and integrating that into the curriculum or vice versa, but giving the time and the space for the teachers to be able to collaborate and to set up those projects is critical. And um, so I've learned about the process to be able to guide the students because I'm a firm believer in the teacher being the guide on the side and not the sage on the stage. Um, so I really feel that this whole um, you know, event gives the students those tools to be able to apply them to other situations and 
to be adaptable. I mean, all of the entrepreneurial skills are the skills that we need in the future for these children. And I agree with Tony and um, both skill set, you know, developing the skill set within our students to collaborate, to think critically, um, having those tools, I think is critical and mindset. And, you know, mindset can take, it can take time sometimes with, um, with everyone, with educators, with ourselves, to to kind of break away from that more traditional mold of what education has has traditionally kind of brought us through, um, and in establishing this new mindset and around that skill set, and you know I think that's something that's really exciting to hear. You know the high schools that options that are that are built that way. Um, and, you know, we've talked as a faculty and staff about, you know, it's, it's a lot of times you talk about being outside the box, but you can't always get rid of the box. You know, sometimes there's a box and you have to figure out how to work within that box to do some things that are different. And so that's, you know, that is kind of that mindset that we're trying to establish here. And of course, we are very, very new in this process here at this at this particular school. Um, but that's, you know, that's our vision and what we're trying to build here and establish. It's just a new way of doing things focused on the skill set, the skills that our students need um, to be successful. Yeah, I like that you said that it's, it's to me, starting students young, and when I say young, I mean anywhere along K through 12, if you have students that are exposed to entrepreneurship and exposed to creativity and, and innovation, it really, it really has an impact on them later and for the rest of their lives. And the, the earlier you expose them, the more comfortable they are with being uncomfortable. So I like that you, you said that, that they're, they're brave. These students, are, they, they have to have these experiences and exposure with uncomfortable problems so that when they really face them in the world, they're like, oh, I, this is nothing. I know how to do this. So I love and that. We have to get uncomfortable as well. You know, with this, us being a little, you know, more subject, you know, like I teach science and having to collaborate with you, your specific subject, but we do have to get uncomfortable and think, well, how can we problem solve together as educators? You know, it's not just um, just seeing them come up with solutions to problems. We also have to do that and really, you know, collaborate together and work together to, to figure out ways to solve the problems of how are we going to fit it in the box that we have to fit it in that also, you know, make it worthwhile to, you know, have these kids learn in this different way that is so important. Can I ask the teachers at, at, uh, at Barton, a couple of you or three of you were at Mary B. Austin and you had the experience at the elementary level. Now you've moved up a level. Do you have any Mary B. Austin former Mary B. Austin students in your building now? And do you see the effects of them having had entrepreneurship since their earliest grades? Yes, it's um, it's great. They We have several kids that are here from Austin, you know, that have that mindset already. And so you can see, you know, there are a lot of the leaders in these processes when they get in their groups and, you know, they, they, they're encouraging their, you know, some of the kids that might, you know, not have thought this way before. And um, yeah, it's, it's really neat to see how they have matured now too into thinking into different problems that are even bigger. Um, 
So yeah, it's, it's been awesome to see that for sure. And you've had, yeah, I, I can recognize it for sure. I feel like they came from an environment where it wasn't a one answer is the only way to get there. And so they're more comfortable in thinking and speaking and discussing and questioning things. Um, they're more, it, they actively participate in their learning a little bit more easily without as much coaching. Um, so they might take to sketch note taking while you're talking about something, whereas their peers might just be passively listening unless you prompt them to take notes and to, and to participate. So I can see a, a growth in this uh, way from yeah. K-5 into middle school. As we talk to school systems, particularly the superintendents, we try to make sure they understand the value uh, of having entrepreneurship in an elementary and in their middle and in their high schools. And so students get the whole K to 12 experience. Um, so I'm so, just so glad to hear you say that when you get students that, that have had it at the elementary level, that you can see a difference in them at the middle level. That, that's just thrilling to us. Tony, yeah. you're a, a group of kids that start in your building and start with an entrepreneurial mindset and activity and then have to perform three years later. Is that a growth process that, that comes easy to these kids? Yeah, so no, right? We get kids from all over our area. Uh, we do what's called two-tiered lottery system in here. There's no entrance requirements. Um, so we get kids from all different neighborhoods. It's cross-section, uh, very diverse makeup in Chattanooga. Um, so, you know, I, I, I get kids in that have been successful in school, kids that, that come here that haven't, they, they, they really struggled all the way through middle school, um, elementary school. So we're bringing them all together. And they're all used to like sit and get education, right? They're all used to like the expectation is to regurgitate information. Um, so it starts early in ninth grade. We got to break that habit. So even when I was talking about those processes, uh, you wouldn't go to a high school and say, what's my kid going to learn in math? And then the high school will say, well, they're going to learn math in ninth grade. They'll learn math in 10th grade. They'll learn math in 11th. You, you would want some more detail. So, you, you know, in content, we do that all the time. We say, hey, you're going to do algebra one and geometry, then algebra two, whatever the, the pattern is. So here we even do that with the, the processes that it takes to be an entrepreneur. So like collaboration. So in ninth grade, we focus on diversity and it's about what skills do you bring to the table that you have and the diversity of your partners. So we, we, every kid gets sorted into a house, like, like Harry Potter houses using the Myers-Briggs temperament. So you learn about, you know, what, what are your natural inclinations? What, what are things that, uh, how do you interact with folks, introvert, extrovert? Um, so you learn all about yourself. And then 10th grade, we talk about accountability and collaboration. How do you hold teammates accountable? How do you build contracts within your team to 11th grade managing time? You got a six week project. It's not about waiting, waiting till last week, all the way to 12th grade. It's about networking and collaboration. So how do you actually find experts beyond the walls of the school uh, to make whatever you're working on uh, have powerful information and research? So it's, it's you got to also think about it in terms of how do you how do you build that over that time? Because it's not going to happen like uh, the other school was talking about. It's not going to happen when they, they walk in the door. Right. And so it's a four year process, really. And then how do you build that each year? What are the what are the stepping stones so that when you say I got good collaborators, 
the kids really have gone through phases of collaboration and skills. So they really are expert collaborators by the time they finish that through that uh, those process of your, of your school. Wow. I have a question for both of you. Um, both of you have very strong connections to your communities. And, and Tony, you mentioned actually working with businesses and industry and I'm just wondering if you could share a little bit more about how you do that, because that's a very difficult thing for schools to do, to really reach out to the community and get that support. And so I'm interested to hear how you've gone about doing that and then how does that inform what you do in your school? So I can talk a little bit for us, when we began, it was very important for us to see how can we make what the kids are doing uh, beyond the walls of the school, right? How can we, not only impact our community, but have our community partner with us. And it became early on very apparent uh, community and business partners all around, whether it's higher ed or the business down the road, um, they have been asked to be guest speakers and or uh, asked for money uh, from schools. And they like guest speaking, but honestly, it's an ineffective practice at schools. And then because you have a couple of kids interested, but not all of them, and they don't want to give you money. Right. That's not that's not what but you ask them to partner with you to do projects. Hey, can you help us build a project that's meaningful to your business or industry that we can make meaningful for our kids in terms of them applying content that we're learning? And we've had to this date when we started doing that, we cold call people, email people um, at this point at my school. I have us I have business and community partners contact us. We have to turn people away to create projects for kids. They are because they have a, they have a sense of ownership and participation in creating projects with schools. And that's really what we found to be the, um, the way the entry point. And as you can imagine, when your entry point is making projects that they participate in, they do a kickoff, they, they might act as Simon Cal at the end of it during the presentations, whatever it may be. Um, that also turns into later on, monetary donations, uh, things to uh, help your school move forward. So our way has always been uh, from the get-go. Would you like to partner with us to create a project that would be meaningful to your industry and the kids? And honestly, we have about, when we started out, about 99% of the people are like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And now, like I said, we got to turn people away. Wow. I, do, I think it has to be a little bit of a two-way street where you, you know, you're recognizing um, who might be beneficial or what might be beneficial to your students, but then also them, you know, when you when you're working and talking with these partners, you know, how is it how is it helpful to them too to have this partnership? And we've been very fortunate um, because, especially well here at Barton, we were very fortunate that our location is right in downtown Mobile. And so we have a lot of businesses, just in a you know, very strong entrepreneurial community um, in our area. And so that has just been able to lend itself to us having a lot of people come in to work with our students. Um, but we're also able to have our students walk places. They can walk on these field trips and, and go into places. Um, one really good example of something that's exciting uh, that we're doing this quarter is our eighth grade students are walking to our History Museum of Mobile they had a lot of artifacts from Barton Academy 
Um, and so they're actually going to curate an exhibit, a Barton exhibit, using the History Museum's artifacts. They're going to bring them here to Barton and go through the entire process of curating an exhibit um, here at our school. So that's one, you know, I mean, we've, we've been fortunate to have a bunch of different uh, you know, businesses and community members that we've been able to work with. But that's one just this quarter that kind of stands out that I'm really excited about for our students. Y'all have any? I, would, I know that this is, we're in middle school now, but just hearkening back to the elementary days, it, it's not unlike the first grade um, PBL where they, they had to learn about earning money or spending it and saving it or donating it. And so they earned money by doing chores around their home to pay for their walking field trip where they would go to businesses in the community, um, purchase something from there, go to the bank, learn about spend or saving money, and they donated a little bit. And so it doesn't have to be a certain age that participates in this. It can be even the youngest learners. And in investing in the community and, and trying to figure out a way to walk and be present in your community is, I think, a great way to make entrepreneurial education successful. Also, um, <clears throat> I'm involved in a um, interact club, which is a service club. So I think, um, and I don't even think the kids even realize that they are, you know, you know, using this entrepreneurship skill as, you know, they are working to um, create service opportunities that we can give back to our community as well. So um, we've got some really good, just amazing students that are just dying to come up with ideas and things that we can do as our service club to give back to others. And I mean, just the ideas that they've come up with and the thoughts of the things that they want to do, you know, for the community has just been really an interesting thing to see. So I can't wait to get, you know, we're just kind of getting started with it being new, getting, you know, our, our wheels turning with that. But I can't wait to see what we're going to end up doing, you know, to show them that entrepreneurship is not only, you know, a way, you know, to create a business or to shop money, I mean, to, to make money, but it's also a way to give back and to be of service to others. So well, I think was it the um, kits for the homeless? Was that? Yes, that was so just this week they did for today candy grams. And so the money that they were raising was going to purchase kits for the homeless. Um, because in urban area, suburban like we are, there is that need. Um, so they're looking at the needs in the community around us and helping to solve those problems already. So it's awesome. I think no matter where you're located as a school, you just have to you have to figure out how to tap into that community. And a lot of that you could do through your parents, you know, thinking, finding out, you know, what your parents are, are doing, what they're interested in. Um, churches, just, you know, there are a lot of ways um, that you can you can figure out how to get connected within your community. Yeah, that's so important. And we, we've heard that, especially on our podcasts, about how much more successful schools feel like they are when they're when they have a strong partnership with their communities. Jean, did you have a question before I um yeah, I, I do. Um you look like you did. <laughs> well, well, we've got just a bunch of experts here who who evidently are doing it very well and have been doing it well for years. If you were to speak to a group of uh, administrators or other teachers that weren't familiar with the entrepreneurial mindset and how to do that, 
What are your top two or three things you would tell them in order to help them get started? I have a lot on that. <laughs> Definitely one of the things that has been very important, and Dr. McCall mentioned it, is Dr. Jones builds time in during the workday for the teachers to be able to collaborate because planning for project-based learning, essential questions and activities and entrepreneurial thinking, that takes time and you need to be able to have uninterrupted during the workday time where you're together, you're focused on this, and um, the wheels can get spinning and not get interrupted. Um, so that might require creative scheduling. It might require getting subs for a half day, something. But if you can make that happen at least once a quarter so that you can plan for the next quarter, you're far more likely to have a more successful, engaged PBL. Um, we also do something where at a faculty meeting, we will kind of share out about what worked really well in our PBL that we have just completed and do kind of a look ahead at what we're thinking about for the next PBL. And that's a really great way to get all of the um, people in the school aware of what's happening. So PE might then incorporate games that go along with this topic and the art teacher might decide to do a project with the students that ties in nicely with the PBL. So it's a good way to make sure that the whole faculty is contributing in this way so that the learning is not segmented, it's more um, interrupted. And I think that collaboration piece is so critical because we'll bounce things around with the whole group, the big group, and there might be ideas or something that happened in seventh grade that might help sixth grade. And so we can have that time and space to, to have those exchanges. And those have been really critical and like Marielle said about having the um, reflection piece, and that was something that, you know, we can see, okay, how have we done? And then, like she said, where are we going forward with this? And what might we do better on this next quarter um, to make improvements? So that adaptability and that growing and learning um, has been a, a key piece too. So. And then furthermore, I would suggest that people not be overwhelmed. If they're seeing a school that's doing it well, they need to remember that it probably took years to get to that point. So it's okay to start small, maybe work on one, you know, not worry about one per quarter, but try to do one a semester or one for the year and just get started with the process and build from that point. So that you don't get overwhelmed and think, I can't do that. Yeah. I think you have to, um, for, as an administrator, something that's really critical is just focusing first, and this is probably going to sound cliche or obvious, but focusing on why this is important and uh, helping, you know, as you're building that culture and that mindset, your staff has to embrace or understand why we're moving in this direction. Um, just like Tony was saying about, you know, going to the business and community and talking to people, recognizing like, what is it that our students need? Uh, what, what are they seeing as a need? And you have to establish that understanding of why we're going to build in these skills while we're focusing or shifting um, our direction in that way. I think that's kind of like the, the step, the first step, because you have to have a staff, a faculty that's, that's going to kind of understand why. And then, um, like they were saying, you know, even if you just peel, take one layer of something, we're going to focus on collaboration or we're going to focus on the engineering design process or, you know, some facet of, of this entrepreneurial thinking. Um, and, and work on that first. You know, we, at both the elementary level and middle, 
Um, we focused heavily on the process of project project-based learning and PBL. And that there builds in a lot of the that skill set is built in a lot within that. Um, but that's, you know, that's again just kind of one way to build that type of learning. So I think you just have to like Ms. Pouillet was saying, you can't you can't jump in and or you can't think, oh my goodness, we're never going to be able to XYZ. You've just got to start. You've got to start somewhere and then just build on it from there. And having an administrator who is supportive in that way and who builds in time and professional development to support <laughs> teachers as they try to embrace this different way of doing things is very important. A lot of times teachers might push back against this if they feel like it's one more thing, right. if it's making it harder for them to be able to fit in all the content. But I love what Tony was saying at the beginning about, you know, content is like 1A. So really what we want to be doing is having our students' ability to grow in this ability to think critically, work together, solve problems, get passionate about something, and then put in effort on their own time to do this. Well, that happens regardless of the content. That happens based on engaging and hooking them into something that's important to them. So that the content can shift and change, but the skills are being built in. So if the teachers wrap their minds around that, they're much more likely to, um, you know, dive into that. But it has to come in a supportive environment where the administrator is kind of setting that tone, not in like an authoritative, you will do this or you're afraid kind of way. But in a, we're a team. How can I help you as you do this? Let's do this together kind of way. So I'm not paying them for this. <laughs> well, Tony, Tony, what's your quick answer to to what you would say to administrators or teachers that are that we hope they're already bought in, but maybe not even bought in yet. Gosh, I was just about to ask you who's in the audience, right? Is it so if it's folks that like are just putting their 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 toe right in the water and trying to figure out what's happening? I think the the first thing is 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 what everybody's been talking about is um, figuring out a way for them to to get to the point where they like, that's important, right? That's what would I want for my kid? Do I want my kid to be able to regurgitate content or do I want my kid to be able to go anywhere and do anything and learn new material and adapt and adjust and, and persevere and, and do those items. And so it's, it's getting, if you, if you want that, Right. If you go ask anybody, like we do this little post-it note activity, it's I've done it hundreds of times, business industry, higher ed, L many I've done it with kindergarten teachers. What do you want kids to know and be able to do? And they write down what they want them to be able to do. And it turns out about 15% of the answers are content and 85% of the answers has to do with process skills and habits. Right. And so it's recognizing immediately if that's what we want out of kids, then what are avenues to get us there in entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial work becomes an obvious choice then of like, hold on, that's what I do want from my kiddos. Hold on. What are avenues to get there? You know, uh, the group here has talked about PBL. PBL is a mechanism to get there, right? It's a, it's a, it's a instructional practice that embeds these ideas. So I think that's to me, that's, it's getting across that, this is the why. And if you buy into this why, now here, here's a how. Now I can give you a how and how to reach there. 
That's awesome. So we're, we're coming up on our time where Amber will cut us off. <laughs> so this has been so wonderful. I, I wonder if, if y'all could share any last parting thoughts that you might have that, you know, that might help somebody and also share how can folks learn more about your schools and what you're doing? Boy, I will say you do, you do have one question that came in. Um, if you want to throw oh. that out, I want you to be wrapped up about five early. So the question is, how can we get entrepreneurship education courses more into the classroom during the seemingly endless pandemic? So I'm going to let, let you all take it from there with that, with that hard question. I'll be on mute again. Well, good. Thank We've you. got probably another hour now to spend on that issue. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll just quickly say that I think there's different avenues in, right? If, you, if you're into the why, then if you're like, okay, let me try instructional practice like PBL. Um, I use this little picture behind me. So we began a couple of years ago looking for spaces in schools that kids could create, break, iterate constantly. Oh, that's not working. Let me iterate again. And if you, if you Google fab labs, right. Came out of MIT in 2001, uh, there are rapid prototyping, uh, areas that happen. And, and so for instance, we put one in, in our building that really helped us for kids to rapid prototype their, their ideas and put them together. And it turns out after we did that, we had a company come in, they, they put them in more schools and there's more fab labs in my area than there are anywhere else in the whole world in educational settings. Um, and that wasn't me. That was people seeing the work and other people gravitating and being able to see that. So like uh, there are avenues, uh, uh, Fab Labs and Avenue. If you're interested in that, reach out. We can help you. But that's a rapid prototyping ability that really um, uh, has not been hampered uh, by this pandemic. And, and, and actually, we're continuing to do that work. So. Um, I'll be quiet right there and let the, let the, let the other group jump in. Well, I was just going to say, you know, um, one thing we can all agree upon is with, through the pandemic, we can identify a lot of problems. Okay. <laughs> that's easy. That's easy for us to do. And just recognizing that as an entrepreneur, that's one of the things that you're doing is you're looking for problems and then thinking about how we can solve those problems. So if, if, if no other way, I think that it would be very easy to connect kids in a real world way to think about some of the problems that we've had occur because of, you know, because of the pandemic and start thinking of ways that we could solve some of these problems. I mean, I think that's just a really easy entry point that connects students to their real world um, to kind of begin that entrepreneurial thought process. And then um, as far as how we can connect, did you want me to go ahead and do that too? Because I know we're running on. So we yeah. are Barton Academy. Okay. We are Barton Academy. We're in Mobile, Alabama. Um, we are on Facebook at Barton Academy. Twitter, I think it's also at Barton Academy. <laughs> um, and then we're on Instagram also. So you can always connect with us through social media. Um, my email is acjones at mcpss.com. So you're welcome to email. Um, our, our faculty webpage has all of our contact information and we have other excellent teachers here who would welcome any inquiries into what type PBL we might be doing, how we're embracing entrepreneurial thinking. So you're welcome to kind of look us up, artandexplorers.com, click on the faculty page or the library page and 
connect with us, email us, follow us on Twitter. We post pretty regularly about the great things we're doing. So come visit. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I've All never right, seen a faculty that's more um, more on Twitter all the time. And uh, I have been following some of you ladies in the room for a long time. And I, I really do appreciate that that reaching out through Twitter. Tony? Uh, and I'll say uh, we're, we're big Twitter as well, at STEMCHA, uh, S-T-E-M-C-H-A. Uh, if you just type in STEM School Chattanooga, you will come to our, our website or page. Uh, we post uh, our PBLs on there. We post our uh, our Inventanuga. We post grading. We post everything. You, our PBL, our website. If you're looking for practices, um, you will see it on our website. And so, uh, just go to STEM School at Chattanooga, and then if you want to get in contact with anybody at the school, me included, all our information is there. But uh, yeah, there's more information on our website than uh, than you need probably for uh, a year. So yeah. Uh, and you know, sometimes having a really clever name helps. I just love Inventanuga. <laughs> I, I think that's fabulous. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you all so much for being here. This has been so much fun, and the hour just evaporated. So um, I know Amber's going to take it away from me, but I just am very grateful that y'all have been able to join Gene and I, and, and we're so excited to see what happens with the future of your schools. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.